If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. He or she is the best football expert on the planet. Time for pride now. And my pride's gone. We're very passionate people here. Oh, well, I know. Woo! We're ready to come for the W, yeah? These girls will smoke you, man. Yeah. Hello again and welcome to the Mirror Gaming Walkthrough, the sh weekly gaming news show full of spicy takes and hottest gossip. Uh, joining me today are two of my esteemed colleagues, Matt Aldous and Aaron Potter. Hi guys, how are you doing? You both alright? I'm yeah. good, yeah. Pretty good, yourself? Good to see good. you back on the show. Thank you, thank you. Um, making my return after a few weeks away. Really enjoyed the shows uh, while I've been off. So, uh, yeah, great shows, guys. And I just want to also commend uh, Matt, uh, who is uh, currently on annual leave officially. So would not take <laughs> no for an answer. No, he needed no to come on to discuss our headline topic of the day. I'll just go some, through some of the headline topics. I think there's only one place to start, which is The Last of Us, Episode 9. We'll also be talking about uh, new rumours with the PS5 Pro potentially coming next year. Next year really uh, we'll be talking about that and there's also some discussion around uh, the legend of zelda the new game tears of the kingdom and whether 70 dollars is uh worth it for a new game we'll be talking about that uh, a bit later on as well but i think there's only one place to start really which is the last of us episode nine which brings the last of us series one uh or the part one to a conclusion uh, on hbo um what did we think guys i've got loads of i've got loads of little notes here about discussion topics i feel like it's all going to merge into one because there's just so much <laughs> to talk about uh, but i'm going to ask them anyway so did we like this week's episode discuss well can i just start off the discussion by saying that you hinted at the only reason matt is still here despite being on annual leave is because he's got so many spicy takes about <laughs> the, the last of us finale yeah. so yeah. i've been waiting with bated breath about these spicy takes yeah I well, want to hear, yeah, but I want to hear just... Aaron's side first. <laughs> what? You're well, calling me out. Just a bit of, uh, obviously, context for people maybe are new to the show, new to Mirror Game Walkthrough. Matt has <laughs> never played The Last of Us and is not a massive gamer, really. L loves FPS games and stuff, but never played The Last of Us. Obviously, me and Aaron have, have played the game already. We know what's happened. We know what's happened already. We've had these debates over a decade ago now um, with things that have happened in the game. So there's a couple of different perspectives. I think it's fair to say that we could start with Matt from the non-game oh, okay. perspective. Come on, Matt. Um, yeah. I mean, as the okay. as the right. adjudicator, if you don't want to go into the the end of the episode, if you just wanted to just talk about whether you liked it or not, then you can do. But I, I, it's up to you. D yeah, I think I think gen like generally, I thought it was I thought it was great. Um, I think that I've I've been of that mindset about every episode. Really, there's been things in it. Um, which pose questions and you think you or you hope that they're going to be resolved in the, the following episodes and whatnot but in general um yeah i i thought the episode was really good really well done um i feel like it it closed off the story 
quite nicely um you know there's 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 a, like some things that i i would have liked to have seen addressed i think that it could have been a 10 episode series um and and for them to have been able to put a, a few more bits in um given the fact that throughout the whole series we were given a lot of context behind certain events that happen in the game um we were as as an audience we were also given that sort of context so for example like when joel finds bill's note earlier on if we didn't have the episode with bill and frank like we wouldn't have known the emotional meaning behind things like him wearing bill's shirt and finding the note and and, and we wouldn't have got the weight of that um without the context there so in that regard uh, i think they've done fantastically with that but i do feel like because they had to do that i i would have liked one more episode um because it did, even the even the fin- finale wasn't like a long episode. It was like it either needed that episode nine either needed to be like a an hour and a half long, or or um, or they needed to to put another episode in. But but in general, I thought it was brilliant, and still after it's finished, I still think it's probably the best game adaptation series that I've ever sort of seen, um, and some of the best TV that I've ever seen as well. Now it's really interesting. I think uh, for for people who are just tuning in, um, spoilers are going to be ahead. Uh, I think for, from now on, uh, I think I think it's probably right if I just give a little quick synopsis of the episode, uh, just so we can drill into to exactly what happened. So I thought that obviously everyone's going to focus on the, the end of the episode and what happens at the end. But I thought it was really interesting at the start because uh, towards the start and the middle, especially because you really saw kind of the relationship between Ellie and Joel growing and Joel opened up to Ellie about the scar on his face and how he got it and the fact that it was him trying to take his own life because of what had happened to his daughter before and we saw that that really come together it was a lovely episode, uh, moment with the giraffe on the on the baseball field which was which was really really touching moment um and there was kind of that um that conversation as well at that point where they talk about Joel says look you don't have to do this almost kind of foreshadowing what what's coming and Ellie's just like adamant in terms of you know what what she wants to do and the fact that they've they've come through such a lot and kind of Joel opens up for the first time really how I felt where he talks about he kind of he even intimates that he's kind of getting over his daughter's his daughter's death because of his relationship with Ellie which which I found really powerful uh, on the TV screen uh, it's at that point that they run into some fireflies who, who capture them, and then they wake. Uh, Joel wakes up in the, in, the, in the hospital they've been looking for. It's at that point that that Marlene explains what's happening, which is that um, Ellie is going to undergo an operation in which they hope that they will get a cure for the zombie outbreak um, through taking a part of a brain and then using that to potentially develop a cure. Uh, and then the news breaks, obviously. Ellie would have to to die for for them to do that. Joel then makes is is then left in uh, backed into a bit of a corner, um, and he has to make a decision at that point whether to allow this to happen and to to say to save mankind if you like, or whether to save the person that he really cares about um, as well. And then he makes the decision to save Ellie, uh, and in in the in 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 the way that he does that is through extreme violence. Uh, and then he comes out the other end and lies to her flat out about what happened as well. Um, Matt, mm. the decision. 
how do you feel yeah. about it? That's what everyone's going to talk about. I feel like we've yeah. we've waited yeah. long enough. Within seven minutes, let's let's just go for it. That's what everyone okay. wants to know. We we, we had this discussion ten years ago, so now it's your turn, Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think he made the right decision. Um, I don't think he made the right decision in lying to her, uh, but in terms of pulling her out of there, yeah, um, I don't really know how you could think her be like them killing her to get what they needed out of the messenger out of her brain like i don't even know how you could think that that was ever going to work uh to be honest um you've got a bunch of surgeons that when when the out outbreak happened gonna be what in their mid-20s uh, early 20s they're not experienced they've got no medical experience <laughs> they, they, they aren't they aren't they aren't scientists they're oh. they they've got they've not no... operated on a person in 20 years you know and just... also look at look at the fireflies track record everywhere they go fireflies are dead um they've got they're not very good at staying alive they what fridge were they going to put a brain in um like they they've got nothing they they have no they weren't prepped this this surgeon i i've come also come to learn his name's jerry right um and he <laughs> I know you're laughing, but I know you're laughing, but try like tell me I'm wrong. Like like how well, you just is, you just how is a that they didn't have a fridge to... oh. how is a twenty year old like when the outbreak happens, how is a twenty year old I assume medical student um it how are they gonna have so much brain surgery experience by the by that age when when everything has gone wrong and there's yep. nobody around anymore so how, like we... how were they ever going to get the experience together to be able to perform something that is banking on killing their only specimen that they have just to be able to make it work like and also we already know that there there hasn't been a cure for like uh like that sort of fun fungal infection if you want to call it that um at all so like it doesn't add up that that would ever work so you've you've got you've got joel that's like you know we're led to believe that joel thinks it can work we're led to believe that ellie thinks it can work but also marlene like she she sort of believes it will work um but i just don't think they're they're prepped and they're not strong and also they're a terrorist organization in the eyes of fedra so how are they going to ever distribute it and also there's so many people in the world now that are like looting and killing and they probably love it. You're not going to get them to, to, to adopt it. So like, how are you ever going to eradicate it with like one single specimen, hoping that you get it right the first time. And by what I can tell, Jerry's not written anything down and he's not got, he's not got anyone to take over from him. Right. He's, he's, he's got a daughter. He's got to think about yeah, but like, if he, if you're, you you are the, let's say you are the only neurosurgeon left on the face of the planet, and you're, you're in the apocalypse. Who's, who's he, who's his prodigy? Who's he training to, to be able to take over? Like when, when all of this, how, how are you going to replicate his work if he dies? Like, let me there's tell loads you. Of, let me jump in. There's loads of <laughs> stuff that I just think doesn't add up, and for Joel, his options were. This thing is definitely gonna kill Ellie, and it might not work. 
or I can definitely save her and save my world. So to me, it's clearly the right decision. Can I just preface this and say that ultimately I agree with Matt in that Joel <laughs> makes the right decision. This is some of the most outlandish arguments I've ever heard. Where are they going to put the brain? Outlandish are based in reality, yeah. mate. Where's the fridge? You literally just said that. Right? Yeah. We've got, we've got well, running water. We've got electric. <laughs> did you not watch episode three? Like, I'm sure they can <laughs> store this thing wherever they need to store it. But well, I, can, I, didn't, I didn't spot a fridge once. All right. Okay. But but we can assume that fridges exist in this world and, you know, you know, electrical refrigeration I'm, not, I'm not talking yeah. about refrigeration isn't a thing anymore i'm talking about the fireflies don't have the means to be trust... able to transport yeah. it and and store it safely even if they do manage to do it but on your on your point about does he have the knowledge i'm not saying that my theory is like wholesale this is what's happening because you do make a good point actually that 20 years have passed how many surgeries have they performed since they were they would have been young at the time um but like we already saw, I think it was episode seven in the flashback episode with like Riley and Ellie, that there are these Fedra camps where they're training, you know, people primarily for military purposes and primarily for things like that. But who's to say they haven't got like a like a doctor's program where they're meticulously going over like the textbooks and history books in order to tra train people up in these things? Like I can Plenty believe... of sample brains to to practice yeah. other things abundant Plenty. abundance you know, of brains and, and obviously whereas like obviously in our current day you've got people trying to focus on like curing cancer and like skin disease and stuff like that i imagine that in this world everyone is looking for a a cure and that is what they're wholly dedicated yeah, but do to. you really think that if the fireflies came up with something and they told fedro it was a cure that fedro oh, would even no. take like they would burn it to the ground of course but you have to try like both sides sh are surely trying you know, and they didn't give, anybody... and they didn't even, they didn't give Ellie a choice. Well, this is the other big debate, isn't it? Like yeah. everyone's talking so much about what did Joel make the right decision? Like Marlene didn't make the right decision. Like it, like she didn't give give her a choice. She knew that she, like she knew there was a risk of her saying no, so she made sure that she couldn't have the choice. And then, and also, she made a promise to Ellie's mother that she was going to look after her, and she didn't. And the one person that didn't want to look after it is now the person that is the only person seemingly out there that is that has her back. And yeah. I think the only mistake he made was was lying about it out like he should have just been outright and they could have had a conversation and he could have explained like, you know, there's no certainty that this is going to work. And and like also, you know, where's the fridge? Yeah, where's the fridge? Can we change the headline of this show to "Where's the fridge"? Where's the fridge? Yeah, I'll get. Yeah, I'll get. Yeah. Where is the fridge? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think if we if we obviously that that's some very some very interesting arguments, Matt, and we're we're not uh, we're not um, saying that they're, they're not no the, at all. To be fair, the but, fridge thing is just a side note. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, my my yeah. main thing is the I think everyone's focusing on Joel more than they're focusing on Marlene and and Ellie yeah. and. Yeah. And then you can, yeah, you can make arguments for everything else. But well, did you did you not take away the fact that the reason Marlene didn't ask Ellie is because we everybody knows what Ellie's going to say. She's going to say, "Do it." Like, yeah. and, and Joel knows that, and that's why when they have that final confrontation at the end, like the reason you're doing this without her knowing is because you know that she'd be against it. Hence, why he lies at the end. So, but, Mar but Marlene, Marlene, like I didn't get that from Marlene. Like what I got was selfishness of like she was scared that she, that she wouldn't be able to do the thing that they've been trying to do for so long. So she didn't give her the choice. Otherwise, if she was so confident 
that she would say yes because she knew her so well which by the way she didn't she just put her in a in a in a a, like she took her off she yeah she put her in an institution and then didn't have much to do with her until she needed her so so marlene's just like purely uses people and the irony with Marlene is, though, is that she's willing to sacrifice as many people as possible for a cure. Yeah, which and Joel's willing to fa- sacrifice yeah. anyone other than that one person. Exactly. That's the that's the juxtaposition. Yeah. Like that's that's the yin and the yang of it. Yeah. But I think I think it's it's really it's really interesting because I think the episode. I think me and Aaron talked a little bit. We didn't talk about anything pre podcast because we didn't want to spoil the episode but i think we we spoke about we spoke about that thing where you said that the language that they used in the tv show was a little bit more strong in terms of a cure uh than the game yeah but actually when i uh, i actually re went once you made that comment i actually went back and looked at the script and, and re-watched that particular bit and i have to disagree i think the words that marlene actually used she used might she said this could be or hoping to be. These were all, there was no kind of certainties in, in that. And I think that changes quite a lot of the, the meaning of it. And I think that plays into what Matt's saying. But also, I think the episode frames it that you're supposed to look as Joel as the villain. The way that it, it plays out, the way that they show the, the violence and they show towards Marlene and they show the the way they they kind of play out the episode. I think they're trying to fr- frame it in, in that direction, which is really interesting. And I think I think that's why this game is so good. Is it because it, it generates debate and there the will be people that say that Joel made the wrong decision because he put his personal feelings toward one person in the way of all of humanity having a chance to recover from this awful worldwide virus or infection that that's that's caused this outbreak um obviously it's a, it's a, a real shame what would happen to ellie but or eventually obviously it a could real shame to no but it, it, had a good it run, would though. be but yeah, but shame, but you've got yeah. to also look at it from the other angle of if if that would have happened they did find a cure that would have benefited the whole of humanity so it's yeah, really but interesting. I, I, even if they did find a cure i don't think they ever would have got it distributed they never would have got very far with it it would have been seen as like chemical warfare by fedra and it would have been destroyed like it never would have got anywhere and so ev- what you're I saying think... then matt is that the entire arc of the series is pointless because his goal Pretty... is to get yeah, it's redundant. No, but it's no because the the whole like what <laughs> the series isn't about whether he can get her there or not. The series is about his relationship after his daughter dies. That's like, definitely the heart of the series, but the objective, the A to B. If is, you were talking, if you here. were talking like A to B journey, practical parts of the series, then then yeah, the whole thing is pointless. Um, but like, but Joel was led to believe that Ellie was it. Like they would have take they, some blood. They would have known right from the get-go so joel was used hmm. like at like as a as a vehicle to get her there yeah and he was hired, yeah. yeah but he he was hired and in the beginning it, like he probably would have been like cool well, yeah whatever but like but in terms of in terms of like as the relationship develops like that's where the that's the story of the 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 series like as far as i'm concerned if 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 you just take that away for a moment and just think about the what the series wants you to think and the show and the game and the story want you to think and you take away all the about the distribution and Fedra not believe it, all that kind of stuff which it, which is which is way into the future and it's conjecture it's 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 
plausible. You know, it's it's, it's hypo- hypothetical. Hypothetical. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron. I was, I was searching for that word. It just couldn't. Quite, right. Couldn't quite get to my tongue. Thank you. Um, it's all hypothetical. If we just take that out for a moment, let's assume that they that Ellie has the cure in her brain. Right. Let's assume that this 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 could save humanity. If you view it in that way, do you still think Joel makes the right decision at that point? Yeah, because you need to make the distinction of of who's the decision for and the decision that Joel makes is for him. And so he makes a choice to like you got you got like he's he's already he, he's already lost his whole world. He's his world's already imploded and ended. And he just he just kept going. He just kept going. Probably because it's all he all he's ever known. Like, you know, work at working on construction, just keep going. You know, bills of He says that in the in the episode, doesn't he, to LA at the end. Ex- exactly. He says just keep like, going, yeah. You've just got to keep going and eventually you find you something new to fight for, right? You gotta find um, something to fight for. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is that is that Joel there? That of... was that was game <laughs> that was Joel. Going. I was going. That was, yeah, yeah, I, was gonna, I was going to say is that yeah. Troy Baker? Um, yeah. But but generally coming from like, job, Troy. It, coming com- so coming from his perspective, yes, of course he made the right decision. Coming from Fedra's pers- perspective, I think he probably made the right decision because they would have wanted to have a crack. Like like Fe- I don't I don't think this is the other thing that sort of confused me a bit is like. The fireflies are so like Fedra didn't do it. Like Fedra didn't cause. Well, they maybe caused like the governments and stuff. Maybe caused the end of the world through complacency and neglect and letting things certain things happen when they were being told. Just you know, in, in the world that like if you keep doing this, this will happen. You know, so yeah, probably got some responsibility there. But in terms of how like I can't imagine a world where they wouldn't want to get back to full on capitalism like making loads of money living in big houses and and all that that stuff rather than gated gated off qzs i can't imagine like that that would be their their end goal we're so we're far so, away that's what i was just going to say yeah. we get yeah. back into hypothetical territory again we are so far removed from what actually happens in this series and the episode i'm, I'm talking I, I, about I'm to- the, yeah, but I'm talking context. about I'm talking. I'm not talking about the broader context. I'm talking about each different individual perspective. So I can't imagine a world where Fedra wouldn't want to find a cure. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine a world where the Fireflies would be listened to by Fedra. So what the Fireflies are but doing is completely have inconsequential. Try, you have to try. Yeah, you can't say sure. why bother making this cure because we're not going to get listened to anyway. Oh, I know because there's people I love in this world. Uh, we won't bother. Affected, yeah, yeah. yeah do you yeah, know what I mean? You're, you're you're making the assumption that that they think that that they're the only ones that can do it. Like, I mean, like, they are. So, they're the only ones with a girl who they know is immune. Yeah, which they kept secret from Fedra because they thought they it, they thought that she would be killed. But Fedra get you see Fedra like twice in the whole series. I don't know why they're like a non-presence to me. Like other than the first episode, they're not. You got really to take around. them into account because they're running the world. They're running the, con- well, the, they're, the country. Well, they're not. They're the running moment. certain sections. They're, run, they're of the running country, the country at the moment, and they're yeah. easily overrun. I mean, we if can... you want to get into the hypothetical because in the episode with Sam and Henry, they're easily overrun by the population. So, but how powerful but, are they really? I d- I'm not saying they're powerful, but I'm saying like they they're probably a better a, a far better body to work on a cure. 
as someone that just just mentioned that they probably got doc- doctors camps and running training things and doing so, a lot of that. So rather than some people in a, an abandoned hospital trying their <laughs> luck with something, why don't we actually go and do something more they're controlled? Definitely, they're definitely better equipped for it. But do you know why they're the ones that aren't making a cure? Because they run the world now, or they like to think they do, and they're not interested in the cure. They don't want things to change. The people that, that are in Fedra. Of course you would. Of course you would. If you were a gov, if you were a government, which this they is are, the empire the... versus the rebels, Matt. Like this is the Star Wars tale as old as time. Good versus no, evil. Fedra no, are the is, bad guys. No, this is the saving of humanity. This is the saving of the mass population, so they can keep going and doing what they're doing. And obviously, a a a. For want of a better phrase, a zombie apocalypse on the outside of the walls ain't good for business. Can I just? Like, can I just? I'm just going to interrupt this for one second. So, uh, can I, if I could get to the end of my thought, I'm just gonna, I, like it would. I'm it just will go. It, it will. For a minute. So, from Fedra's, from from Firefly's point of view, he didn't make the right decision. From Fedra's point of view, he probably did because she's still now out there and they've got a a, a chance of actually still doing something. And from Joel's point of view, he made the right decision because. Because look, yeah, they're still talking. I came I on I... this podcast <laughs> yeah, on, on my talking. holiday, I right? I can I can you go are. if you yeah, want. Yeah, I'm good. I'm I don't good. I don't honestly yeah. oh, look how red I've gone. I honestly don't disagree with anything yeah. Matt said. I'm just no, like I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah I'm good. <laughs> well yeah. you too. I'm I'm fascinated by Nathan's cool now anyway. But um oh, I've gotta go. They've stopped now. Okay. See you later. <laughs> So I just I, I just thought I'd um just take a personal call um yeah let let's just let's just just let's just can, have can a, just... just a little break in the okay so for anyone watching thank you so much for watching the mirror game walkthrough we're discussing the last of us episode nine reaction uh, thank you so much everyone in the comments we're live on YouTube and Facebook if you've got any thoughts at all on how the series ended Joel's decision did he make a right call did he make the wrong call please drop a comment below uh, and we'll discuss it once uh, once Aaron and, and Matt have finished debating the ins and outs I've got some comments um from from Adam uh, and they use ele- use noisy ele- electrical tape que- uh, que- yeah uh, <laughs> don't get me started uh, Gigi's in the chat as well came in at just the right time yes you did Firefly the Fireflies would never have shared the cure either wake up Ooh. interesting point uh, Gigi also says Joel is right um, and then Scott says discuss a good ad- adaptation like Street Fighter 994 uh, thanks Scott we'll, we'll take <laughs> that into sacrilege. account yeah we'll take that into account um, so let's just so I think we we are going quite into hypotheticals and we're going quite deep into the 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 societal outlook of of the country and I think we just we need to make it not a lot of the major I think it's fair to say that not the majority of people who watch this program won't be thinking about that type of stuff they'll just be looking at it from a, a choice point of view very linear choice between doing this thing or doing this thing and i think the great thing about the way that they did it especially with obviously the game did it but the tv show is now adapted adapted for is that there is there is gray gray areas on either side there there, it it wasn't a straightforward decision and i i think personally at the point where joel sees marlene in the car park i think he's already he's already he's then at that point realized what he's done and I think at that point, if he could go back, he might do. The and that's my personal view. But he's already gone so far that he has to, he has to then take out Marlene and and do what he's right because he's already he's already gone gone that far. I think if you look at how it actually happens, right, and you think about his his reaction, 
discuss what the situation that he was in. He gets woken up. He gets flashbanged, first of all, right? So, which is incredibly debilitating. Probably, you know, blinded him and, and, and knocked him deaf for a bit. He wakes up and he's told that the, this, this girl that he's, he's formed a, a lasting relationship with, straight away, they don't even give him breakfast or anything. They don't give him any, anything to drink. Just wake they've up. They've got oh, their by fridge. The way. How are they yeah, yeah, they've no got fridge. their fridge. Where are they keeping the milk? No, no chance of a milkshake at all. Uh, <laughs> They they wake him up. They tell him what's going on straight away. They didn't give him a choice. They walk him down some stairs. They push him out the building. He doesn't get a lot of time to process that decision. And I think that, that also plays a part in it. And obviously he does what he does and then he gets to Marlene. I think when, I don't know how you two feel, but I feel when he's in the car park and also in the game as well, when he comes across Marlene, I think there's a little bit of him that realizes what he's done and the violence that he's had to just do. And there's a little bit of him that just sees what he's done. And maybe there's a bit of regret in that moment, but he's too far gone at that point. Discuss. There's, there's definitely regret there, but I, uh, the only thing I would add to that um, is that as soon as he wakes up off the bed and he's being told what he's being told, it's interesting that um, you, you refer to the language that uh, Marlene speaks. Cause for me, when I watched it, Marlene looked pretty confident that obviously she was confident it was going to happen, even if there was the slightest chance. But I thought the game did a much better job of this might work. It could work. Whereas the Fireflies, and this is from the Fireflies perspective, the Fireflies here are like, we're doing this. This is what we're we're trying. Um, But as soon as he gets up off that hospital bed and he's being told what he's being told, it's like his cogs like were in his brain and he clicks into place. And then suddenly new Joel isn't here anymore. The old Joel that has been constantly uh, hinted at throughout the old series, like, you don't know what I'm capable of. I've fought on both sides and all that jazz. He kind of turns into the Terminator. And I think way all the way up until like, and these are innocent people he's killing. I think this is why another people debate the ending as well, because in the game, it's like at least 40 people that you're killing and you're moving up through the floors. And it's really like, oh man, I don't know how I feel about this. And then you get right up into the uh, the hospital room, which is a bit that we've kind of jumped over at the moment, which is what happens in between the, uh, the, the mass deaths and then before we get to Marlene. I thought it was very interesting because in the... Um, in the game, obviously, you can choose to kill all of them in the hospital room. Joel leaves the two nurses alive. He has to kill the doctor for reasons we won't get into now. But um, I thought that was interesting. So that told me that the only people he sees as a threat is anyone who's got like a weapon in their hand. So he's not past the point of I'm absolutely seeing red. He's sort of like he, he's doing it with this one goal in mind. And then when he sees Marlene at the end, he says it himself. You just come after us. And uh, so basically, as soon as he wakes up at the hospital bed to the, the moment he pulls the trigger on Marlene, he's in full on protect mode. I don't care how many casualties, um, you know, in order to save the girl that I love. But th- that's just how I saw it. And I can but I respect the perspective that, wow, Joel just did all that. Like he, he's a bad guy. I remember when the yeah. first game came out and people were kind of like, I was playing the bad guy the entire time. I'm like, not really, because if you had a child that you cared about a lot, you know, how far would we don't like thinking about it now, but in an post apocalyptic scenario, what lengths would you go to to save the one you love? Yeah, and I think from what Matt said, I think I'm also of the opinion that what Joel did was was ultimately correct. But that that also you also are allowed to feel very conflicted when you're watching those scenes. The bit that got me was the guy that had his hands up. Hmm. And Joel still took him out. And for that made me wince because it made me think about 
right and wrong is very blurred in this episode and it has been for the game as well and i think there are there are very blurred lines and i think that's why it was such a big debate when the game first came out and it's still a debate now is because it's just so the the lines between good and evil are so blurred in this episode and there's there is there is ultimately you you can take a side but the there is also there is an argument for the other way. There, there, there are arguments for both ways, which is why it's such an interesting. And there will be pe- loads of people out there who disagree with us, who think that he made the wrong decision and the the violence that he chose was wrong. But I think that's what makes it so powerful and such a good watch for a TV show and, and such a good good game as well. Before I go on to you, Matt, um, Gigi's in in the comments. I think the TV audience doesn't appreciate the ending in the same way as players. It's a lot more involved when it's your own character. Yeah, it's really, really, uh, really interesting. Um, and Adam L, uh, thanks for coming again, Adam. Uh, he says, Matt is now my favourite member of the Mirror Gaming team. I want his input on every series I watch from now on. Feels good, man. How much have um, you paid this guy, uh, Matt? Just I know, before, is it, uh, Adam L, yeah. Is it... <laughs> I can't talk about that. So, <laughs> thanks, Adam. <laughs> So from if we if we ignore that because I know I know there's a lot to be said with the, the the deep dive into the society and getting the cure and but if we just look at the episode as we watched it and talk about it from a from the viewpoint of how most people will process it, can you see why That's there's boring though? I, anyway, I mean, but, but from Joel's perspective, I talk I, I, like, yeah. I, like from what you're saying about Joel, I kind from of what you a, know of uh, him from watching. Yeah, TV I have show. a different take take on that, like slight slightly, but in the same wheelhouse but slightly i think like there's a line there's a, a line um earlier in the episode that joel says to ellie where he says every everywhere we go something bad happens um like saying you, you know we don't have to go through with it we can go back to to uh jackson or um where his brother is um and you can tell that's what he wants from her he wants her to say yes um so but he's he's already preempting something's going to go wrong like some like he knows something's going to go wrong and he wait he gets flashbanged which is a really weird way to greet someone that when they when they've just traveled across the country yeah, um he did you a favor cure, right? like he's done you a massive solid um <laughs> and you like but whatever he wakes up and they tell it they say you know this is how we're going to do make the cure and it means that ellie has to die and he in his mind he clicks and goes i knew it i i knew it i knew this would happen he's like right i've i've had enough like i've i have had right. enough now like i every time i say something's going to happen it happens and it goes wrong and then i've got to fix it and i've absolutely just had enough and and then he he's been apart from when ellie's been in serious trouble so from like the the episode with david um we've not really seen like 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 loads and loads of extreme violence from him and like maybe like snippets like pockets of like just bang and you go whoa and like and then carry on with the story and he's back to being his normal self and at this point i felt like he just he unleashed the dog like he he and he did it on purpose and and in, and he didn't care he doesn't want the firefly he knows the fireflies will always be coming after ellie because he's 
he like because he's he's saying no and they're saying yes it this has to happen he knows it's not going to ever stop and he says that to marlene in the car park um and so he just kills as many of them as he can on his way so it he's like i'm leaving no one to chance everyone is going uh that i come across and he that's what he does and the only people he saves saves he lets live rather he lets live are the, are the two two assistants in the in the surgery room and qualified according to you matt yeah yeah well i'm not going to call them nurses because i don't know have they been to medical <laughs> school i just don't know um i don't but... know their nmc number so... neil Druckmann. Get on the case. Either way, you know, they're working for the health service and they're doing a fantastic job. Um, but he, but so F he, he knows, he knows the, the surgeon. FHS. FHS. Yeah. yeah. He knows the surgeon is probably the only one there that can do anything about it. So he kills him. He, he doesn't need to kill the other, other two because he doesn't see them as threats. Can, can I um, add just on that point, Matt? Sorry to interrupt. But do either yeah. of you recall if the doctor advances towards Joel? Like, does he make a move on him? He picks up a knife, uh, a scalpel yeah. and holds it and says, that's, and that's says I can't it. let you take her. And he's holding the gun. I'm like, mate, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, look at the odds. Look at the odds. But, it's not like um, that bit in Indiana Jones, isn't it? Where he he's, what, yeah. gets the whip out and Indiana Jones, yeah. Yeah, I mean, gun. it would be even more similar to him, Indiana Jones if he did some cool little tricks on the scalpel. Yeah, I am a surgeon. Then. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. And, and then he's surgeon school in Fedra. <laughs> <laughs> when he gets when he gets Ellie off the, off the bed and he he's he's taken her down to the car park. Um, what I liked that I know is different from the game is when you're trying to get Ellie to the elevator. I know that there's a lot of like people trying to still get you and stuff uh, what i liked is how quiet it was afterwards like that walk to the elevator was felt really emotional it felt like really like um you like at that moment you know that joel is conflicted about what he's done but but also he's not sorry about it because he wouldn't have done anything else other than keep keep ellie alive like that's his whole thing like that's all he's gonna do for, for as long as he lives he is his one job is to keep ellie alive and and he gets in the elevator goes down marlene's there and when he when he shoots marlene like i don't really see regret i don't see regret until ellie says the words did anybody get hurt mm. and that's the moment you see the the regret come over his eyes and he doesn't lie about that one thing that's the one part he doesn't lie about He's, she goes, does anybody get hurt? And he says, yes. And like, and that for me was like a hairs on the back of my neck moment of like, that's the one part of that whole conversation that's true. And he can't lie about that hmm. because he doesn't want to lie to her, but he doesn't, he's got nothing else in his toolbox to be able to, to be able to like not have a freak out or, or, what? or whatever. I I think Ellie picks up on that as well, Matt, that he doesn't answer that question. Hence why it Definitely. probably leads her to put that question to him right at the end. It's like, well, okay, this now is I know the... you're capable of lying. Are you going to lie to me about this? Because you know... The okay, the okay yeah. at the end is probably one of the most defining lines in the whole series. Just the okay. okay. like, And that and to you... me was like huge. So what does Ellie mean when she says okay? I'm, I'm curious as to what you think. Is she like okay 
now I know that you're lying to me or okay, I believe you or okay, our relationship's changed. Yeah, I think you... I th I think she's it's kind of like it, it she's saying okay as a realization to herself that um she can't trust Joel anymore. Yeah. Like that's that's what I got from it. Yeah. Was like she realizes she's like okay, I can't trust you anymore because yeah. I know you're lying and you know you're lying and I gave you a second opportunity to tell me the truth and yeah. you chose to lie about it. And that that it so it's not like I I don't believe him I do believe him I think she already knows the answer, um, she's been with him long enough by that point to to know him really well, um, and it's more of a it's more of an okay for herself to be like right, you you I you're like I accept what you did, and I you know I'm still here or whatever, but. I can't like this is kind of it for us now. Yeah, like that's the, what I sort of got yeah. for it because I can't trust you because the one thing we had was trust and you've just broken it. I think the one thing we haven't talked about as well is the fact that if you if you already if you factor in that Joel's already lost someone he cares about and there's probably an element of this ain't happening again. That's he, that's because he, he the can whole actually, motivation. Yeah, because like, yeah. he can yeah. he can. This is actually something he can do about it to to stop, and you have to factor that in as well. And I think if you if you take that in, I think you can you can certainly understand the decision that you made. If if you if you don't agree with it one one hundred percent for the people that that don't. And agree I think with that's 100%. an awful lot of pressure to place on Ellie as well. Mm. Like to be where you know you you mentioned Nathan the point that where he said. Because um, there was a line where she he's she was talking about time healing, and he's like, "It wasn't yeah. time." And then looks at her, and it obviously obviously is implying it was you. The first That's time he's a, really that is a lot properly. of yeah. yeah yeah, and that is a lot of responsibility for someone that young to take on their shoulders, and that is kind of unfair of Joel yeah. to to say that yeah. to her in my in my view yeah. because now she's like living up to being his daughter but let's yeah. just remember she's not and and he is the one forcing her into that into that position um like like in terms of what he wants from her so it's like pure there's a lot of selfishness in joel and yeah. and like he's trying to get ellie to replace something that he couldn't bear to have to have lost and, and did lose and it's kind of unfair on ellie for her to have to fill that role you know unless she wants to but it has to come from her not him and he at that point in the series it's coming from him he's like finally realized it but now he's signed, kind of trying to push it that way and that's kind of where the that's where the beginning of the dynamic starts to change like for me like because he he starts to open up to her but she's not really having it she's kind of she's kind of like a bit that like she's despondent and she's quiet and there's a lot that's happened that she needs to talk about probably with him but he's too busy sort of trying to play happy families being like being like you know he joking around Boggle. with her and stuff and 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 he, he like they he just can't like they, it, yeah. he, he just can't do that to her but he doesn't realize that because like i say i think he is very limited with the tools he has yeah. emotionally to be able to deal with those sorts of things yeah. Question: A discussion for for both of you. Sorry, Aaron, before you were Sorry. before you jump in. Um, do you think if Ellie would have been awake, 
and Ellie would have said, yeah, let's do this. And Joel would have been involved in that conversation. Do you think it would have played out any differently? I know, Aaron, you probably had this conversation before with the game being out 10 years older. But do you think if, if Ellie was awake and she was the one saying to Joel, I'm doing this, do you think anything would have changed? I, I haven't actually contemplated that before, to be honest, like in all the 10 years. Mm. But I, I don't think anything would have changed a lot because... Like like you said, Joel, it sort of would have glazed over him. He would have sort of made excuses to himself, like Ellie, you're not thinking straight, or you don't know what this means, and all that sort of jazz, and uh, or alluding to what you're Matt sort of says. Yeah, you're just a kid. Like it's the responsibility is not on you; it's their problem, not yours, type thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that even if that's Ellie, if even that's what she wanted, which I think it's highly implied, and we agree here that it, she would have gone through with it. Joel still wasn't having any of it. I think the only difference is is that maybe upwards of 40 people wouldn't have lost their life in the process because um you know he couldn't she really wouldn't have been, no because she wouldn't have been given a choice like she would have been given a choice on a fallacy and she and she but they still would have done it like they still well, would have yeah. like they wouldn't have, if she said no i don't want you to do it they wouldn't have been like well okay then let's never just mind go about, yeah like they would yeah, have they would true. have taken her and they would have made it horrific yeah. for her but can i just like the, I, the so one I don't I, think it would have played out differently but the only thing that may have happened that was possible that could have happened is if Joel, if Ellie decided yes, and Joel and Ellie had the opportunity to like talk about it and have some time with it, um, then she may have been able to get him to come come around to the idea, or vice versa. He could have convinced her otherwise, but but without that conversation, it just ripped that decision away, and I think that's what really met, triggered. Joel is that that decision was taken away from both of them. I, the only thing I was going to say, and this is a slightly separate point, but um, we get um, a pre-credit sequence in this episode that is totally new, that is not in the game, where it's it's heavily implied that the reason for Ellie's immunity is because she uh, was, you know, de facto through her mother, played by Ashley Johnson, who obviously plays Ellie in the game. Um, was past that immunity because at the point of birth her mother was bitten and I thought that was interesting because obviously when you play the game you're not you're never really sure about oh what makes Ellie different what what's so special about her and um, you know I think that does change some things in my mind in terms of making me think about it differently because as a viewer I now have an idea of oh well even if Ellie doesn't uh, provide a cure we now know how to make immune people in some weird sort of like messed up way like immunity is suddenly on the table even if the characters in the world don't know it um and i'm i'd be interested like i don't know where they're going to take this uh, in season two or whatever but i think that seems there for a reason and um i'd be interested to see like yeah if the, the characters get that knowledge uh eventually in the show and how that would change things um yeah I don't know what you guys thought about that. Maybe you got a, maybe it wasn't implied at all, and I was just looking too deep into it. But no, I think you make a good point. I do think you make a good point. Um, I think they could could they? I mean, we as the audience know, um, and I guess the the fireflies would have some sort of idea because they because Marlene was there when when. But um, I, but Anna Ellie's mum lies to Marlene, right? She says I cut it off before. We got bit. Yeah, before. so they so wouldn't really gone. ever know. know That's the that, frustrating thing. You yeah. could take you, but you could take a stab in the dark. Like, given that she's seen the situation, she's like, "Well, maybe she was not telling the whole truth." So, 
like let's try this but then that that and then that leads to the fireflies like sacrificing more people i think the whole thing that's amazing about the series is every single group in some way or another is as bad and as good as the other group like like so like um they're just surviving aren't they fedra trying like are trying to rebuild something the fireflies are trying to find a cure um i mean david's a difficult one but but like he's 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 a horrific person but like there is a community there that that are not horrific people like um so everyone's got this like level of good and bad in them and i think the whole point of the series like in terms of that specific thing is that evil and good there are no good guys and and evil guys like like that's not what this is about like it and you're as you watch the series you're introduced to different groups and they all have the same sort of dynamic in different places and i think that that's really interesting and not refreshing to see in a series where it's not just like good versus evil um because because it's not it's not a case of that yeah. it's a case of everybody trying to figure out the best way forwards and some people have it horrifically wrong some people are doing quite well like you know jackson. like um ja- in jackson like you know they're doing all right and some people uh some people just have like completely misguided and horrific ideas about you know their role in the whole thing and and that's really interesting because it bakes into the question of like, is Joel evil or not? It's like, I don't, I think Ellie's as evil as Joel is. I think Joel's as evil as, as Ellie is. I think the people in Jackson in certain ways will, we would find that they're just as evil, like in a, in a different way. Um, but also as good in a different way. And Fedra evil in loads of ways, good in some ways. Um, and you know, and, and the fireflies, ultimately believe that what they're doing is the right thing but they're they're willing to sacrifice as many people as they need to 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 try and get to a cure so they're like folk because of they're so focused on one thing that leads them to do questionable horrific things and so it's it's a level playing field in that sense I don't think anyone is as bad or as good as the next person I again I would say Bath in terms of people we've met bar probably david i think he was just a twisted individual uh but in terms of the further community like they were all under the impression that he wasn't that yeah so so in that respect yeah. i've got another question from uh producer will um for you matt directly for you okay Adam. um why was it the wrong decision not to tell her the truth because he ruined the, the, his relationship with her wouldn't it have ruined, ruined it anyway? No, I think you Ellie think... would have found a way to forgive him over time because she loves him. And bec- and the reason she loves him is because he has never lied to her. He is, She has witnessed him doing horrible things. She has witnessed him doing good things. Like, he didn't want to take, take on Sam and Henry, but then by the end of it, he wanted them to come with, with them. He, She knew he was capable of, of love and he was filling that that role in her life um and and had proven over and over again that he was he was there for her 
and the moment that he lied she realized he wasn't there for her he he was yeah. there for him and that's the difference in the relationship so there's no way to come back from that but there is a way if you're truthful and saying like i can't i like i i couldn't even if it's just i couldn't let it happen i've already lost yeah. my daughter once and then they can have a big blowout about i'm not your yeah. daughter and all this but they don't get that opportunity because he lied so that's that's my take on that cool uh thank you matt uh jasmine uh hiya just back in the chat on youtube stepped away from the pod so i don't hear any spoilers and the fact that you guys are still talking about it almost an hour later has me so excited to watch the final oh my god uh yeah it's it's just such it's such i mean aaron we've experienced it obviously with the game so we've been through the kind of emotions of it already but I think having it as a TV show in that episode just took me through all those emotions again, and seeing it on a on a on a on a TV screen really kind of brought that all those emotions out again. And obviously, it was a slightly different to the game in different in different parts. And I think we've mentioned it, um, but I think it's just such a terrific piece of television because of what what Matt said and and what you said, Aaron. In that there's the there's the lines between good and evil are so blurred everyone no one's inherently good or inherently bad the choices there's no inherent bad choice or inherent good choice and everyone's got an opinion on it and everyone would have done maybe something different in different situations which is why, which is why it's so interesting um so if we if we move on from from episode nine, i think we've we've discussed it in detail in terms of the decision and things and we'll uh, we won't spoil it for, for jasmine now she's back in uh to, to the pod um Thoughts on the season overall? Then, um, do you did you enjoy it? Uh, was it, did it live up to the hype? Uh, just general thoughts on on the season as a whole. So this is where I I think I might differ to the to the both of you really in terms of I'm coming at it from a game player's perspective. I think I played the game three times from start to finish across like a ten year period. And what really excited me about this series early on, um, and I remember describing it to friends this way, is that the series and game were very much a companion piece to one another in the sense that you got you might have experienced similar events, but you've got different pieces of information or context or, or of the character um, from either. So as the season was airing and people would ask me, should I play the game or should I watch the TV show? I'd say it doesn't really matter. Um, just you know, ingest them differently and enjoy the ride along the way because they both provide different things, different perspectives. And the Bill and Frank episode is um, the absolute prime example of that. Um, what could, because you, you, Nathan, you can think it in your head of how that episode would play out had they adhered too closely to the games. But instead, Neil Druckmann and, and Craig Mason, the showrunners, were smart enough to give us a different side of what it's like to live in this post-apocalyptic world and this clash of identities and these people would never learn to love each other in, in a normal you know, environment or setting. But because of the circumstances, they slowly grow to, to need each other and, and mirror Joel and Ellie's relationship a little bit. And then that is how I kept feeling up until about episode five or six, which I believe is what I would call the two part with the Sam and Henry arc. And then these last three episodes have really left me um, a little bit cold coming at it um, from the uh, from a game player's perspective, because the expectation was set so high. Whether or not it's in episode one, you you see more about Sarah's day in the lead up to her unfortunate uh, fate. Uh, whether or not it's episode two, where you get that uh, interesting context about the the woman in the um, Asian country, and you know about the, when they discover how this thing's spreading. Episode three, obviously, got Bill and Frank, and then Sam and Henry stuff. It's it's 
basically completely flipped compared to what we know on the game because we don't get to meet Sam and Henry until uh, the second half of that arc. Episode 7, 8 and 9, by comparison, um, are just straight translations to me, uh, which left me really disappointed, um, especially the the Riley episode, the Left Behind episode, which I think... Again, none of these episodes are bad. They're still probably better than you know 80% of what's on TV these days. But in terms of like adding extra meat to the bone for me to chew on someone coming from the game. It just left me a little bit. I was left expecting rather than being surprised. And um, it really forced me into a position by the end of saying that I think ultimately when you separate the two apart from each other, similar to what Gigi was saying um, uh, just a few minutes ago, that by putting you in within the eyes of Joel, you, um, you really get to experience that arc more. And I feel like this is only nine episodes. Matt hinted that it should have been 10. I agree. I think this episode should have been at least an hour and a half, similar to the premiere, so that you had time to really sort of like see in the relationship and the changes that have um, that have happened. Because I think from episode five to nine, I think we're, you know, we're talking months they've spent with each other, but you really only get a sense. It, it feels like a week that they've potentially been with each other. So I came away um, feeling a little bit mixed on it, ultimately preferring the game by the end, but that's why it's been so interesting hearing to people like Matt's perspective. And obviously Jasmine's going to watch the finale. We'll, we'll see what she wants to say. Um, I, I feel, you know, I'm happy that they enjoyed it so much. But by the end, I, you know, the last three episodes really le- left me a bit cold, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far, in my opinion, uh, in terms of cold. But I do completely understand what you mean, because... The first half of this series, I was watching it um, with with other people, and instead of me just going, "Well, this is this is going to happen now. It's going to be so cool," I was actually watching it to get context that, like you said, you don't get from the game. So there was like interesting bits for me, as well as for 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 me, people who played the game, and for others who have not played the game and coming at it fresh. But then, yeah, the last couple of the last couple of episodes, like you said, they're more like a oh, this is going to happen now, and I'm just kind of watching exactly what I was playing through the game or seeing people play through the game. So completely understand what you mean, uh, and I can understand why that why that left you cold, but uh, I, still, I still really enjoyed it as a piece of TV. And, uh, yeah, it's better than The Chase. <laughs> it's better than The Chase or, uh, you know, I mean, it's not nothing against, well, nothing against The Chase. Yeah. I don't know, nothing against that. Maybe Tipping Point, I don't know. Or, or the other, <laughs> yeah. other cute quiz shows are, are available. Um, you can't do Ben Shepherd like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ben, if you're watching. Um, Matt, uh, what, what, from, from someone who's never played the game, and the expectation on the TV show from the first couple of episodes, how has it been for you in terms of the storytelling? Uh, and and what what is the outcome ultimately? It, did you just enjoy it as a TV show, as a story that you loved? Does it make you want to play the game? How does how does it how does it leave you as as a, as a viewer? Um, as as a series on the whole, I I it, I enjoyed it. Um, it does. I do want to play the game more than before the series came out. So I guess it's made me want to play the game. Um, and I'm probably like, I understand what, uh, what Aaron's saying and I kind of can see it. I don't necessarily feel like that myself, but I do feel like the tail end of the series last two episodes, probably more for me felt, um like felt like they didn't 
serve the purpose that, that the the previous episodes had served um so yeah so, so kind of similar to, to aaron it did did leave me feeling a little bit like well that's finished now well that's it like when when i when it when it had ended and normally i'm like i really want more i really want like come on like i want a second series i want more like and and when this ended i kind of thought well that's finished now i'll go make a cup of tea like i i didn't really didn't really have like that yearning for like to see more i could wait a year or two easily whereas when you were watching something like i don't know something comparative that has a journey in i think that's the point for me that um, everything felt a bit too sudden because it felt squashed into the last couple of episodes where Joel's personality kind of almost like just suddenly changed to me. Like it was, it was gradual and there are little bits you see pockets that you see pop up, but in general, his personality kind of changed from one episode to the next in the last couple of episodes where he just became the last episode was like, Oh, he's just like, like, He's just lovely, like to her now, and and we di- didn't get enough of an arc of like seeing that happen really slowly because, and I think that's what gives it no sense of journey. Like they were with each other for months, they walked for miles and miles and miles, and we didn't get the c- kind of a, a view of the the enormity of that and how much time they would have spent together and like comparing it to something else that has a massive journey in it like something like lord of the rings for example you really get a sense of journey in in that series um in those films but in this it just felt like the journey was sort of next to whatever whatever location they were visiting next it's just in between and i feel like the journey is where most of the bonding would have happened so i i i was left a little bit like mm, I yeah. would have liked it to have been a bit more stretched out so I could have seen those like kind of inconsequential moments, but they're really important kind mm. of for bonding. I would have liked to have seen more of that. That's why I say I think 10 episodes would have helped stretch that out. But but in general, I still give the series a, on a whole like a, a, an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I think the last, I think you make a good point. I think if you look at the runtime of the last two episodes... 50 minutes for episode 8 and 43 minutes for episode 9. I think the last two episodes could have easily been three episodes. Um, Particularly the last one, like you said, had a bit more context, a bit more meat on the bone, a few more of those kind of mundane moments that really kind of build the relationship a bit more. Completely, uh, completely agree with you there, Matt. And I think, Aaron, that's what that's what you were getting at as well. Um, Slightly rushed. A bit bit Game of Thrones-y towards the end. Not as bad, but... um, a, li- a little bit, a little bit like that, but still, still very enjoyable uh, as as a as a TV series. Can uh, I just Aaron, sorry, go on. sorry, just on the Matt's point of like, oh, it finished, and I'm going to go make a cup of tea now. Like, I feel like that's um, because the first game, and you can believe Neil Druckmann and Naughty Dog all they want. That was designed as a standalone game. Absolutely, they, they, they didn't have plans yeah. for a season two, and um, I feel like. It was really brave at the time for them to leave it on that ambiguous note, and I'm glad they kept it into the show. But that is a large point why I think Matt is left a little bit unsatisfied. And I kind of respect the show for sticking to its guns and not sequel baiting in that way. Like There's a mm. little bit there in that doctor surgery room, which I thought was interesting. But other than that, um, I do give the show kudos for, even if it, you know, it knows it's going to disappoint people, and yet it 
it's happy with disappointing people. It, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. So I I thought they were, I thought they would change it. I thought they really? would offer. I th- I thought they would offer because, like you said, in other TV show, shows, when we know there's a new series, there's like a chink of something we can expect for the new se- series where we want to watch the new one. And like Matt said, Matt Matt was just like, "Yeah, I'll go make a cup of tea." There wasn't any it kind felt, of wanting more. I think some it. of that was because it felt wrapped up to me. Yeah, it felt wrapped up. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So Absolutely. some of that was because. They they wrote that story and and encased it so well that it yeah. felt like it was done. Now there's yeah. not much more that, well, there's no, that there's I no, want to know about. There's not really any loose threads or loose no. ends left to tie up. That's the thing. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. like you know. You can kind of see. Okay, then they go off and live together in Jackson, and one doesn't trust the other quite as much as they once did. That end. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Basically. yeah. Matt, for someone who's never played uh, The Last of Us Part Two. You, yeah, where's you, it going? you have no idea how what's going to happen in the like. There's no hints or there, there's like how do, just give us you know. Well, I mean, I I, I know for example, it's going to be a there's going to be a big time jump. There's, there has to be well, like it's not just going to pick up. It, it's like you know there's going to be flashbacks and you know there's going to be a time jump. Um, you know that it's probably going to be based more around Ellie than it is Joel because he's getting older. Um, and I can make those assumptions and I can I can probably say with like 80% certainty that I'm probably right in some respect <laughs> on all of those things. Cause it's just yeah. the obvious thing to do when, when you're trying to write a story off the back of something that you think is complete. Um, that's the obvious thing to do is just to jump forwards a bunch of time. And then you don't have to tie things up as, as, as neatly. Um, if, as if you were just, just, just to carry on, cause you need a new adventure now and it needs to sort of like happen off the back of them getting to Jackson, which I just don't see I just don't see like happening. So so yeah. I would assume that big time jump Ellie's a, a bit older, she's out on her own and she has an, her own adventure and Joel grows old or dies uh like just that sort of it's it, basically it's basic it's TV writing 101 that. Like that's just what you see yeah. in every second series when mm. they weren't intending for a, a second series. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Adam is back in the chat. Hi, Adam. Uh, they should probably not do the game's mistake and just don't bother with the season two. Mm. Hot takes. Uh, Aaron's just showing off his uh, his version there. Uh, Adam is also says, please don't tell Matt about game two. Don't ruin his dreams. I'm. We're not going to say anything. Season two, um, or last was part two, uh, as a, as a season will be out. There is going to be a season two. Uh, there is even going to be a season three. Uh, from what Neil Druckmann has said, I correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron. I think you're across this more than me, but um, he says that part two has too much content just for one season. So there's potentially going to be more than one season to cover everything that happens in part two. So that could be that could be really interesting. I don't know, I don't know what you guys uh, make of that, uh, Aaron. If you want to add anything to that, yeah. Well, I know what's coming, and I feel like mm. anybody who does know what's coming always knew that there's too much. Like the first game's about ten to twelve hours, and you know, across nine episodes, you can kind of make that work if you cut out a lot of the combat, which they did. Um, but with with game two, it's um it's you're pushing twenty five to thirty, and um, without um no spoilers of course, but like a huge part of that game is just how much it keeps going, like it wears mm. you down. It's like you're in the characters' shoes and you're like, 
we're we're still we're still going. Uh, we could turn back now. We're <laughs> yeah. still there, there's yeah. more, and it constantly yeah. does that. So um, I'd be interested to see how, because Neil Druckmann's already proved this first series that you're, he's willing to frustrate TV audience viewers, um, and I'm wondering if he's going to be able to pull off the same trick uh, again to provoke a reaction with series two. But yeah, it's for me, I know exactly how this is going to break down. I know exactly how they're going to handle Joel's character, Ellie's character, someone else who's very important. Um, but yeah, yeah. What, what do you, what do you think, Nathan? Can you see it working across two seasons? Interesting. I th- that they definitely need two seasons just from the, from the re- from the reasons you've said. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm not going to elaborate, but I'm just scared to, I'm just scared to, uh, yeah, yeah. to say something I shouldn't. So I'm just going to leave it there. Um, is the, sorry, just should, we, yeah. Sorry, got, no, no. Sorry, I was just going to say if they want if they wanted the TV series of season two and three to have the same effect of, as the game, they would make every episode two and a half hours long. Well, they did that with Stranger Things. I know there's precedent so they, for it. They might, they might do. They might <laughs> keep do. the camera running. They, keep it yeah, running. They yeah. might make films for each episode, which I kind of I I find is a little bit tedious and laborious. Mm. Yeah. Um, makes it hard I, I can't sit down and watch a film every single night well i, I could but i've got other things that i, <laughs> things. I would like to do like yeah, as well yeah, yeah. yeah i don't want to cons- it to consume my life um well we've uh we've yeah. got through this in in one hour eight minutes uh so thank you both uh one word answer from both of you uh if possible <laughs> is this the best video game to tv adaptation ever yes or no Okay, I was going to say it. Street Fighter 1994, but <laughs> um, for me, yes. Uh, for um, me, no. Oh, what what is the best then? What I'm not coming at it fairly because oh, okay. So. When I when I looked at the Last of Us game, I'm like, oh, I know they could easily make a show out of that. But when you look at something like Mortal Kombat, and somebody makes a film out of it, that's immediately more impressive to me. Mm. Like, because it's like, how do you? That is a different format, whereas. The last of it. I mean, it's definitely top top ten. But for me personally, I've okay. got better. I've, yeah. If they would have made the ch- if they would have made the changes that you suggested earlier, do you think it could have been? Do you think it had the potential to be? Yeah. If they yeah. treated episodes seven, eight, and nine as they did the the preceding six, and the frustrating thing is, is that episode eight, the David episode, yeah, they could have done so much with that than they ended up doing, and the, that and... could have been two episodes easy. Uh, like, exactly. That, that, yeah. Just right. how they treat, treated the Sam and Henry stuff. That stuff with that, the, I'm forgetting her name, apologies, but the one who lost her brother and the relationship with her, like, right, oh, right Melanie. man. Melanie. Is that the actress's name? That's the actress's name, isn't it? That might be the actress's name. Oh, yeah, name. yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, yeah. that stuff was so interesting, and that is what the David arc needed, 100%. Interesting, interesting. Well, thank you both for tackling this topic. Uh, this is why it's such a great TV show, in my opinion. Doesn't matter if it's the best or not, but it's it's a great story because it just generates this debate, and we can just we could talk about it for ages. What was, you know, whether it was good decision, bad decision, we can we can just. Do they have it fridges? Exactly. <laughs> Everyone has their own opinions uh, on it as well. So uh, no, it's it's just great, great to uh, great to. Obviously, I haven't been here all the time, but it's been great to talk about this series with you guys on on the show and everyone else uh, who's come on to talk about it as well. Lewis, Jasmine, uh, and, and Tom as well. So thank you, everyone. Uh, and I'm sure you'll be seeing a bit more of The Last of Us uh, on our YouTube channel as well because we're going to be doing a playthrough pretty soon, which will be 
really cool uh with matt uh so if you didn't know matt uh we, we will be doing a playthrough at some point oh mate i um, want i, I want to i mean as long as you don't mind seeing me in the menus uh for a long time then uh i do uh, <laughs> but we can uh, we'll get do they have do they have do they have triple plating in the last of us yeah, yeah. well i'll have to i'll go in the menu for like an hour before before we start <laughs> that stuff and uh, and then it, i'll get it out of my system yeah uh, i there is one thing uh, i mean producer will is, is messaging me about it we're not going to talk about it now uh, you'll have to go to the mirror gaming tiktok channel to to see matt's thoughts on this um the yeah giraffe, i'm not going to get giraffe into that talk. Now. we're not going to get into the giraffe it's, it's too deep uh, giraffe gate go to go to our tiktok and, <laughs> it's a... and we can discuss it yeah. in the comments absolutely uh tiktok.com forward slash at the mirror gaming i believe is the url uh but if you've got a mobile phone like um normal people go to tiktok search the mirror gaming <laughs> and it'll be on there um right are we ready to move to our next topic after the fierce debate so i feel i feel a bit hot now let's uh let's cool <laughs> things down with uh a ps5 pro could be set for release shortly. Uh, a report from Insider Gaming claims that the PS5 Pro is in development and could release as early as late 2024. Uh, Insider Gaming has previously reported that a new PlayStation 5 with a detachable disk drive is scheduled to release later this year. Uh, it's in, it's understood that this model will phase out the current PlayStation 5, that's the one that's been released later this year, to cut down on production and shipping costs. Um Obviously, that there's no console players are no stranger to a mid mid season refresh. If you like, we've had the PS4 Pro, we've had the Xbox One X, we've had the, the those kind of generational changes. Um, do you think the PS5 Pro? Do you think there's enough enough games out there for people to enjoy on a PS5 Pro yet? Do you, do you think this is coming at the right time, Aaron? A PS5 Pro. Well, you see, the thing about Xbox Game Pass is that oh, it's, go. it's good Can't and bad for it. players because <laughs> <laughs> no, did um... I not? Did was I muted then when I asked? I'm sure. I'm sure I asked a PlayStation question. I don't know. Yeah. Should I just yeah. get? Should I just read that again? Let me just funny um... that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Rewind the tape, everyone. Um, no, Ooh. PlayStation Five Pro. Um, I was quite shocked when I read this um, uh, yesterday because I don't think I'm the only one who thinks like this generation, it feels like it's only just started. Yeah. But somehow we're encroaching on three years since these consoles release because I feel like I can count on one hand or maybe two hands being a bit bit more generous. The amount of um, games designed from the ground up to take advantage of these machines. And obviously what we saw with the Xbox One uh, X, as it was called, and the PlayStation 4 Pro that both released, I, I want to say four to five years after their original SKUs did, was that they would offer like alternate settings within the menus about do you want to play in resolution mode or do you want to play in performance mode? And obviously because of the cross-generational stuff with games still releasing on PS4 and PS5 now or Xbox One and Xbox Series where the lines are a bit more blurred, you're still getting that option in a lot of games. So for me personally, I've read the report over on Insider Gaming and uh, Tom Henderson who reports it there, he seems to indicate that what the the main focus for Sony allegedly in, in a PS5 Pro is that the ray tracing capabilities would be boosted. And at the moment, I'm currently... I'm struggling to think of games at all. Maybe control at a push because that's a very shiny game. It takes place in a, in, a, in like a, a grey building, grey silverish building. What game would that doesn't already look beautiful would take be able to take further advantage of that? 
Um, and usually, obviously, with stuff like this, with mid-generation consoles, the entire point of releasing a mid-generation console is so that you don't have to leave uh, original console purchasers behind, but you can still give people that want the newest, latest, best, and particularly who want to compete or their games to look more like they do on the PC side. Um, that's why you release uh, uh, something like the PS5 Pro. So for me, I can tell you right now, I personally wouldn't purchase one because I've already invested 450 uh, English pounds in this console sat right next to me right here. Um, so would I be tempted to do so as early as next year? Definitely not. And before we do, I'd, I'd want at least the guarantee that games aren't being made for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One anymore. Because how can, how can you tell me that a game you're going to be able to get the most graphical fidelity out of a game if it's already releasing on PS4, PS4 Pro, PS5, and now PS5 Pro. And slowly but surely, we're starting to see the trend move, like Star Wars Jedi Survivor is going to be next gen, uh, current gen only. A couple more games like that that are coming. But until we reach that space, um, <clears throat> I think you know people are only just going to be able to get their hands readily available on a standard PS5. Um, so, so, that, so there's my thoughts on that. I could keep going, but I'll, I'll let you guys chime in. <laughs> No, I, I just on that. Um, I'm gonna. I've got a long list here of PlayStation Five only games. Are you ready for this? Might be How long a is while. it? Astro's <laughs> Playroom, The Dark Pictures Switchback VR, Demon Souls, which is a game from 2020, Destruction All Stars, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Rebirth, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Marvel's Spider Man Two, Marvel's Wolverine, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Rise of the Ronin, and Stellar Blade. And uh, they well, are and the couple... only. PlayStation yeah. 5 only games available. And a couple of those are VR games as well. And yeah, Final absolutely. Fantasy, I know for a fact, came on PlayStation 4. They gave it a new yeah. name when it came to PS5. Um, I mean, you got The Last of Us Part 1, which is technically a PS5 only game as well. But obviously that's coming to PC and it's originally a PS3 game. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. We don't see know. so many games, don't we, at the moment. We're still, like you said, we're still in this transition period between last gen and current gen. Because I think of because of all the stock issues with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X, which which Matt knows about, um, for, for reasons we've gone into on previous previous podcasts, it feels like the... the I don't know... I, I've not got any data to back this up, so Aaron, you'll have to help me out because I'm struggling to think of the different time periods. But it feels like the time period that we get in between the PS4 and the PS5, it, games are still coming out with play, PS5 and PS4 versions... And it felt like with the, when the PS3, when the PS4 launched, and we went from the PS3 to PS4, it felt like it was a much shorter time period when Sony said, "Okay, PS4 games now. Get a PS4 to play these games. We're not going to be releasing any on the PlayStation 3 now. You have to get a PS4. PS4. It feels like it's 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 going on forever. Yeah, this period of of having these games that are being being. I don't. I'm not sure if it's it's a cost of living thing, and it, it ties in with that, but. Is the fact that they're having to make all of these new games that are coming out suitable on the last-gen consoles like the Xbox One and the PS4, as well as the the current gen like the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S, is that kind of holding holding that 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 back a bit? Would you say? And I'll, I'll bring Matt into this as well. Oh mm. well, yeah. I Matt, don't, have you got I any don't know. I'd love to hear, hear Aaron's take on uh, it because he knows way more about it than than, than I do, well, but. Yeah, well, I'll, just to add to what Nathan just said, I think you're absolutely right, because as I recall it, like as somebody who purchased a PlayStation 4 on day one, obviously you always have those cross-gen games when a console's just launched because you don't want to leave the major install base on the previous console behind. And the problem that Sony's had had is that the PlayStation 4 
is one of the best-selling consoles of all time. There's so many people willing to pay money. Just think about things like FIFA, you know, Fortnite. There's a reason that those games are still being supported on PlayStation 4 in a major way because there's more players on there than there is in on PS5 currently, I'd wager. And then you're going to tell me that you're going to want to split the console base again by introducing a PlayStation 5 Pro. Um, and I feel like I, I've got a bit of sympathy for Sony as far as you can have a sympathy for, you know, a major tech company uh, worth millions of pounds because these decisions are made years in advance. And Sony probably didn't predict that there would be chip shortages and that they'd still have problems four years, three years coming up, four years, which is the halfway point on a typical console cycle. As crazy as that sounds, we're already approaching the halfway point of the PS5 and Xbox Series X. Um you know, these these decisions are made years in advance, so it wouldn't surprise me if they drawn up the designs for a PlayStation 5 Pro, similar to this separate disk drive attachment they've got for the digital-only PS5, and that things are just, it's the conveyor belt rolling. And we've seen this happen with the PlayStation VR 2 now. They couldn't have launched a successor to PlayStation VR at a worse time when costs are so high, com components are, are suffering from major shortages, and there's generally not that much of an interest, in the mainstream at least, from a VR um, especially like the buy-in, Jasmine talked about this a couple of weeks ago when she was giving her thoughts on the PSVR. To, to buy in and play a PS, PSVR 2, you have to buy a, a PS5, £450, and then you have to pay pay for a PSVR 2, £300. So the only people I can see going for a PS5 Pro is if they haven't already upgraded to a PlayStation 5. And even then, you've got to be packing it full of extra storage space um, and loading these games faster because ray, ray tracing improvements just ain't going to be enough. So yeah, I don't know just, if I've answered your question there, but... <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's some great viewpoints. And I'll bring Matt in, and I'll ask you a slightly different question, Matt, because I think I can frame it in a way that that, that we can we can go into your realm of your experience with this technology. You've got a PC, quite a high-end PC. Um, yeah. When Modern Warfare 2 came out, um, you played the campaign, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Did you, did you turn ray tracing on when you played the campaign? No. <laughs> I th I think I turned all my graphics to ultra, but I don't think I turned ray tracing on. I I think with ultra, I think it does go on automatically. Did you yeah. see any no, major I, no, difference? No, I mean I, I would have purposely kept it off. Oh, you would have um, for I, the I, campaign. I think, I think I'm trying to remember because I think um, initially when I started playing, I was like, oh, this doesn't. Uh, everyone was going, the graphics are so good, yeah. the graphics are so good, and I was like, I don't, I just don't see it. I just, I don't. And then I realised I just hadn't turned my graphics. You had FPS settings yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had FPS settings on, and so I may well have had it on. But to be honest, like, it would have been inconsequential, like, to my experience, like playing it, because I can't tell you if I had it on or off. Yeah, that, um, I think that that's the point I was trying to make is that ray tracing is still a really new technology. It's been around for a while, but it's it's still quite new, and there's 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 little game, there's very small amount of games that support this technology, and if they do, they're not doing it to the absolute max that it can do. Um, so if you look at something like Cyberpunk, for example, which is one of the hardest games to run on a high end PC. If you've got a 4K monitor and you're putting ray tracing and you're using Ultra, your frames are going to be so low. It's going to absolutely shred your... Because ray tracing takes up such a powerful... takes up such a large amount of the graphics capability. And I can understand then why you need the PS5 Pro if you want ray tracing in your games. But it, it, it doesn't feel at the moment that, that the, the trade-off 
between that and the the graphical fidelity of the added ray tracing, it feels like that that trade off isn't quite there yet with ray tracing. And I, I would encourage you, Matt, to go and maybe play a level of Modern Warfare Two with ray tracing on ultra and then off, and see what the difference you think and what it makes yeah. to your FPS as well. But in that in that sense, if if you're taking such a hit to frame like frames on like a game like Cyberpunk with ray tracing yeah. on, for example, um then ray tracing it just isn't ready for the mainstream like like that so so it's not a very good reason to really like push a console or or re- release a console to to be to like be more capable with it you might as well Absolutely. wait for the next release like the next yeah. proper like console like after this console cycle is finished like and and it needs to be more of a household thing cuz even now if i was to play a game console or otherwise I wouldn't really think about turning ray tracing on like in some circumstances yeah. you might be like whoa that's amazing and and i've seen it work and and work well and it, it does look amazing but it doesn't look so amazing that like i can't live without it like, spot on I, yeah absolutely I, and and i think like that that it's just such a weak argument for like we're, we're releasing this console so that it can deal with ray tracing a little bit better it's like wait till it can deal with it really easily like and and yeah. then and then give us a really good console that can keep the frames and keep everything else like running smoothly i don't know maybe i'm maybe they're onto something and they're like well we figured this out and you, i, I you... yeah i definitely think there's more to this console if it even does exist than just ray tracing but that the problem is is that that's the only information that tom henderson's checkmarked in the report which is why i was saying it's got a Load speed, the SSD's got to be improved. Um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, bigger storage. Quick. That's what it's I mean, though. Is it already loads up quite fast, but I, I'm struggling to. And then, as you as you guys were discussing it just then, I'm kind of like, we saw this with the PS4 generation. But do you remember, like, you get the original console, and it would usually be a brick. Xbox knows yeah. about this. Xbox players know all about this. Then you'd get the slim. Then you'd get the pro. And it seems like PS5... The Elite, wasn't it? It was the Xbox 360 Elite. Elite was that yeah. was that skew, yeah. And then the Xbox One S, I think, uh, in that generation. X. Xbox One X. So X was the pro, and S was the... Before they used the name convention to completely confuse people this generation. But, um, <laughs> like, and I think... Oh, it's yeah, of course. Yeah, you're right. I just, you know I mean? I just got confused with the Series S. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but this is the problem. This is the problem yeah. Phil Spencer's facing is he's focused too much yeah. on Game Pass. Um, But, so the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, just Matt's try to get tape. Game Pass in every conversation <laughs> we have. In Matt's Matt. got his tape. Game I've pass. got my Game Pass. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's a bit of a shame, right, <laughs> if this is true, that PlayStation seemingly have no interest in letting people save money on a potential PlayStation 5 Slim rather than a Pro, which is something I definitely yeah. would be more interested in. Yeah, like I, I'm not going to buy a new. I'm not going to buy a, replace my PlayStation 5. I mean, I barely play my PlayStation 5, but but like it's tougher than that. So it? I'm yeah. certainly not going to replace it with a like a slightly newer model. It would have Jasmine, to be substantial. <laughs> Jasmine's in the chat. I know she's in the chat. She's just put a comment. Not Game Pass again. Oh no. Um, and uh, yeah, Matt, Matt currently can't play his PS5 for uh for reasons uh the reason is jasmine has got it and she's playing psvr2 <laughs> games on it she's taking it out for a spin a bit yeah. of joy riding on your ps5 um but yeah I, I i just reading the report as well um the last bit of the uh the thing that i i talked about um was that the there's obviously uh tom Roy henderson is reporting that there's going to be a new place and playstation 5 with a detachable disk drive scheduled for release uh, later this year 
which will phase out the current PlayStation 5. So maybe that's therein. Maybe the fact that they're launching this new PlayStation with a detachable disk drive. Maybe if you want a disk drive with maybe reduced capabilities, maybe it do? can't do Blu-ray or something. I was just going to say that. Why, why would you, why would you release... Why would I want to detach my disk drive? Makes I it thought, slimmer. I thought what it was was that... Yeah, but then every would... time I want to put a disk in, I've got to get it out and yeah. the point is, it. They, and they want to it's not convenient. Like they, don't, they don't want you to play discs because... Yeah, I, yeah I, get, I get that, but I would rather they just go digital only and just, like, take the well, hit. That's my point. Maybe the PS5 Pro will have a disk drive. Maybe that's the in that they, they're banking on people wanting to buy a PS5 with a disk drive that has Blu-ray... So just buy the original PS5 then, the one that exists now. That won't exist though. In well, it will on the second-hand market. Yeah, they the might stop producing market. them. But and if you, yeah, that just release drive. I thought was Jasmine. Be Jasmine's just thing. piped in, a resident hardware expert. Maybe we should have had her on for this for this little bit. Uh, <laughs> Jasmine said it's to streamline production. The fact that uh, they what? only have to produce one PlayStation because at the moment there's two models: one with the disc drive, one without. If they just do one without a disk drive and then a detachable one that streamlines production, which is what they, what they make. They produce one console instead of two and then they produce the disk drive. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, Almost sorry. like they could have thought about that before yeah. <laughs> they designed so, the PS5. But, so yeah. just, you know, so I understand this, just so I understand this correctly then, the current PS5 and the PS5 Digital phased out but next year in lieu of one console that may or may not, that is digital and you can choose to buy a disk drive if you want. That is, is what is that, being reported. Uh, and and, and you, that's called the PS5 Pro? No. So, so what's the, the PS5, PS5 Pro? Pro? So the PS5 Pro is uh, scheduled, apparently, could be released as early as 2024. The detachable disk drive version is scheduled to be released later this year. So and they're then still, at that point... So they're not streamlining production then because they're still going to have two console SKUs to worry about. They're still going to have to produce the PlayStation 5 Pro in a year's time. Yeah, but if they were, if they were have it, it's it kind of is because if they were, if they're producing the PlayStation Five Pro, they've got to produce a PlayStation Digital and a PlayStation Five with a disc drive anyway. So that's three Playstations they're having to produce now. Like, I think they've made it unnecessarily two. complicated. But they kind it of does look complicated. Yeah, they kind of have. Uh, like they, I feel like they've like push themselves into a bit of a corner and then now they've got to do something to sort of try and fix it it's like it's probably to be honest like they probably could have just launched the ps5 without a disk drive option at all and it would have been fine like like i i think i think that ps5 pro without a disk drive no a ps like they could have regular ps5 and then they could have already out no when they originally launched them, they re- oh, launched sorry. a disc version. As the only option. One, they okay. could have re- launched just one and just launched a digital only. And I think people would have got over it after like a, a month because people would like the biggest here, hype they had was for the PS5 yeah. like in recent times. So people would have just gone. They would have foregone the fact that it, it, oh, it doesn't have a disc drive. Yeah. That's annoying. Yeah. Oh, what about my game? <laughs> oh, my God. And then so, they would have gone, I'll buy one anyway. So do you know why they didn't do that, Matt? Why they didn't release a digital only PS5? It's because they need retailers to carry these consoles in order to sell them through, especially in territories where uh, you can't buy direct uh, through PlayStation. And how do you keep those retailers sweet? By providing discs so that, you know, they've got a reason to stock your console to keep on coming back to the store. So places here in the UK, like Game, Curry's, stuff like that. 
they have a reason to return. And I, I, you know, I'll put my hands up. Obviously, a lot of games are released digitally these days. But Jasmine in the chat again, I'm firmly with her. We need discs because it keeps the market competitive. And nine times out of ten, a game that you look at the digital storefront, the PlayStation Store is an absolute mess. Why should I pay sixty nine ninety nine? For Demon Souls, when it came out two years ago, when I can buy, pick up today for twenty five quid, I don't disagree. But I think you, I think you're kidding yourself if you think that discs are going to be around forever. I think you're kidding I'm yourself if, it's, if you. you if you don't think that it's going to go all digital. So why not just rip the rug if it's going to happen anyway? Because nobody gonna... wants to be the first. That's why. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But like the like your opportunity, like you would have found it would have been like this big big risk. But I think it would have been like a a, a a a fantasy risk, not a real risk, because I like I think if you people would have just got over it like really really quickly. Um, that, like, what you're talking about is is an Xbox One style. It does everything. DRM style blunder. Like since Xbox shot themselves in the foot at the beginning of the Xbox One generation when they announced that console, it was a massive PR blunder, and they and they're still recovering now. And I feel like, you know, if you don't immediately get the audience on side when you launch... No, but they've got Xbox Game Pass now. Well, I wasn't going to bring it up. Here's the thing, everyone. Here's again. the thing. Xbox Game Pass, I hate to break it to you. It doesn't make money. It doesn't make money. PlayStation makes money. Xbox doesn't. That's all I'm saying on it. Yeah. Uh, Jasmine is ready to fight, Matt. Um, she Does she want to jump chat. in? Uh, it makes <laughs> gaming way less accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I think we, we all agree that having digital only makes makes console gaming less accessible for people. It makes it more expensive. Less people can buy the games. The second-hand market is good for people. You can buy games, older games, for cheaper. It helps everyone. I think Sony and Microsoft would love it if they could go digital, but the world is not ready for that yet. It will be at some point. It's just not ready right now. Um Adam says, won't they just become like vinyl where collectors will buy the disc and the mainstream will go digital? Yeah. In which case, an attachable I would, I bet, mate, would be the best way. That's how it's going to go. With a, with a game, I'd much rather rather like buy like a piece of gaming memorabilia and yeah. then get a game code with it that you download. Like yeah. there's way loads of ways you can have physical st- ownership of something. But like, but my point being is I'm not the one doing it. I'm I'm just saying like it is going to happen. It's gonna happen. So you, you wanna... either need so you either need to get come with the to a system. point where you where <laughs> you accept it because you can't do anything to change it unless you you know you want to go out and like rally but Adam makes a good, protest against Adam, it. But... Adam makes a good point with the vinyl comparison. Like they went away and then they came back because people realized that they like having Yeah, but that's not gonna happen with game discs. It, the game 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 discs to me are just like dvds yeah. like like they're like they're, there's nothing innately special about them vinyl is like this really intimate process of Antique, of like physically like add yeah, yeah. adds adds in antiquity to it so if you were to get like if you were to buy a game and you but you were to get like a really cool piece of memorabilia with it that was like limited to this version of the game that then ended up you know being being like one of one of 1000 for that first press run or, or whatever like i don't know what it might be it could be like it could be like a some sort of vinyl route um then there's gonna be you're still gonna have that like that's the way it's it's going to go i'm not but disagreeing just, with you matt I'm it's not just it's just like from an outsider that someone that doesn't game loads it's kind of like with discs 
it's kind of like get over it we need to move on now um i know that there might be problems like that that and it might like throw up barriers in certain places but on it honestly like if it's not going to go any other way and it and at some point it's going to go that way like it's much better to try and figure out the solution sooner rather than later rather than trying to like hold it off hold it off hold it off hold it off and i think now nah, keep holding keep holding it off as long <laughs> keep, as we can, and i guys. think yeah. some some discs. people some Save people money. are like some people are like like that and some people want to like move to the next era and i think with the next gen consoles it's an opportunity to move to the next era but that was that felt completely missed with a whole next gen wave and i mm. feel like this is just kind of trying to find a soft way in to that maybe and that's just that's just what i i think i'm not yeah. saying it's right or wrong it's just i think no, that's yeah. just where and it i think is. you're i think you're speaking on behalf of like the the mainstream player type thing um but like to mm. me like you say that the value is not in the disc it it literally is the value is in the disc because i can trade that back i can sell it to someone you can lend it, it to value. me a you bit i can lend it to, it to you a piece of memorabilia if i had a code in a box why would i lend that piece of memorabilia to someone or sell it it's not the same thing it doesn't represent the product you you pay for and like yeah jasmine and adam are having a conversation at the moment about leaflet and game boxes leaflets don't exist anymore unfortunately um it's a dying art. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's a sad. I don't think thing we're disagreeing. I'm just making the case. I, I just, yeah. I, I'm just. I'm just saying, like, look, you're, I, I you're coming from the PC master race. And to be blunt, yeah, to, to be blunt, I think that that there's not another way out of it. So, what are we gonna do about it, basically? And the other point as well is that uh, the sad reality of it is, even if the discs did exist, um, there are plenty of ways, uh, especially the way games are going now. Even if you buy the disc, you still need an internet connection to play, which means that the publisher of that game, even if you have the disc, in a few years' time, if they stop supporting that game, you might be in a position where you put the disc in your console and it doesn't work. Because Plus day one patches. For it. Plus well. day one patches, absolutely. Yeah. You can't play the game without a patch. And if they don't support it anymore, or you can't download it, that disc is uh, is worthless. So uh, it's. I think it, this is a wider conversation. You could tie this in with music and streaming services, how you don't own things anymore and the ownership is going and it's all about subscriptions, all that kind of stuff. But I don't think we have time to get into that today. Maybe we'll leave that for another, to, another to get into day. hypotheticals, yeah. Get We're going to have to make a 10-part series. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but I, I've absolutely loved uh, this episode. I've loved talking to you two about The Last of Us. Uh, love the conversation about about PlayStation 5 Pro. It's been great uh, having you both on. Thank you so much, uh, Aaron. Thank you very much, uh, Matt. Thank you for for spending your annual leave with us. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for Sorry me. we didn't touch on the giraffe, but um, <laughs> we will get into. I wouldn't. That I, w- I don't want to pain anyone with the giraffe yeah. on this Go episode. To no way. It was a Go sweet moment. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. It was a lovely, lovely moment. A, a real yeah. giraffe as well, apparently. Oh yeah, yeah, that is impressive. It was a real giraffe. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, CGI, yeah. and I thought, "Wow, they've really done well with the CGI." <laughs> <laughs> right Compet- up until the yeah. tongue came out, and I was like, "I think that's a real giraffe." There. <laughs> the ray tracing on this is the ray tracing yeah. on this. Yeah, Unbelievable. Wow. We had a PS5 with Five a detachable disc drive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, but uh, no, th- thanks a lot, guys. Uh, I know Adam and Jasmine are still talking in the chat. So <laughs> thank you so much for for being involved in this. 
uh, it, it's such a hotly contested debate, and we could talk about it for ages. I think we'll, we will get into it in a later, a later conversation. Maybe when the PS5 Pro comes out without a disc drive, we can we can uh, get stuck into the debate. But for now, that's all we've got time for on the Mirror Gamer walkthrough. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. If you if you enjoyed this episode, please drop a like and subscribe if you haven't already. But we'll catch you in this at the same time next week, uh, Wednesday at 4 p.m. UK time GMT for the next Mirror Gaming walkthrough. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you next week. See you later.